0: So something that I found discouraging was I'm the first vaccinated patient who's worked with for long COVID, so it's just not normal, um, not as common, but he said there's not, just like with my background of being um, in good shape and stuff, I think he's more helpful for me, but there's not a lot of conclusive research about it, so I think a lot of it is unknown.
1: Welcome back to the next episode. We are well into February now, which kind of blows my mind, but... I am getting excited for spring and I hope you guys are too. So, in order to celebrate, grab yourself a new pair of Gooder sunglasses at gooder.com/drw and use discount code trw15 for 15% off at checkout. Going into spring, you need to feel fresh and fun, and that is what Gooder sunglasses do at a very reasonable price point, add that 15% off and you are good to go. You can get basically any color that you want, any darkness, darkness, is that how it works? Lens stuff, you can get any lens stuff that you want. My point is that it's always overcast here and I still can't handle the bit of brightness so I have some light lenses and then when it's really sunny, my dark lenses. And some pink ones, some blue ones, some green ones, some multicolored ones, Every single pair, super fun, and I am loving them. If you want to see what they look like on a human, check out my Instagram at hillsport55, and I am wearing sunglasses in almost everything that I do because that's just what running is. It's sunglass wearing, and tennis, and golf, and working out outside while we're doing outdoor boot camps, and skiing! Outdoor life. Our second sponsor today is Knack Nutrition. So you can check them out at knackbar.com, N A A K bar.com, and use discount code T R W for 15% off at checkout. And they have a new thing coming caffeine bars. So sometimes carbs aren't enough to keep you from bonking, so you have to add that extra. Boost. These new bars have 65 milligrams of caffeine and a 4 to 1 carbohydrate to protein ratio and 480 milligrams of electrolytes. So they increase your focus and stamina while preventing muscle fatigue. You know who needs these? My husband. He cannot handle a hot day. So that mixture of caffeine and electrolytes and carbs is amazing. So I mentioned the 4 to 1 because that is the ideal ratio to fuel your endurance with long-lasting energy. So check them out, knackbar.com, discount code TRW15. Okay, today's guest, Sophie. She was such a delight to chat to. I believe she had most of our worst nightmares around COVID, where you are in a race that is going to deplete your body as it is, right as this thing is starting to take form in your body. So she tells us the story of how obviously she got into running and she's a super talented athlete, but the main thing that sticks out is her mental toughness and no fear attitude and how she found the trails and then COVID hit and how she took on massive trail adventures, I will call them on her own without fear. Well, there maybe was some fear, but it didn't, she didn't let it bother her. Um, but she's still in it. So that's kind of one of the interesting things is she talks about COVID and how it affected her and likely how it affected her worse, considering she had uh, started her first 100 miler when this thing was starting to happen and how she's doing now and being fit and still being a long hauler and um, how she's working through it and her the mental side of working through it. But she is a very smart young runner with a very bright future so we also got to look at the silver lining together (laughs) to to feel better that things are hard right now but i have no doubt she's going to do some amazing things in the future because she is super talented so that's all i'll say about that i'll let sophie tell the rest of her own story if you want to hear more from me you can find me again at hillsport55 on instagram and that is where You can reach out if you have questions for Tori and I for trail tips. We are still going just less often and we're actually recording tomorrow and I'm very excited to catch up with Tori. It's also a delight. We're starting a goal club because that's what people need, right? Clubs to talk about their, their goals, their long goals. Anyways, now I'm really ranting. And we get to find out about Tori's life, which you guys all want to know. And what else? If you have ideas for listeners, sometimes I just, I save them. And because I have a lot of people to chat to, which is a very good thing, uh, sometimes it takes a few months to reach out to them, but don't worry, they're all on my list and I appreciate all of the suggestions all the time. Okay guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm here this morning, bright and early, with Sophie, who is going to tell us her story about running and also COVID and recovering from that in the first COVID person we've had on the show. Well actually that's probably not true but the first one that we're going to talk about it with um, as well as a pretty outstanding running career. So I'm excited to get into everything about your story. Welcome to the show Sophie. Thanks Hillary. So let's as we do with most guests start with an introduction. Why don't you tell us how old you are, where you're from and then we will get into a bit of your background.
0: Yeah so I just turned 29 um, and I'm from Oregon, so I'm originally from Southern Oregon, and right now I'm in Portland, Portland area. And um, yeah, so I grew up doing like lots of sports, and I think soccer was my first love. And then around age 11, I started gymnastics, and I was obsessed with gymnastics for like five or six years. And then in high school, I tried to I I was so determined to do like multiple sports at a time. And then I started doing track while also doing gymnastics. And I remember at one point, it led to me finishing track practice, going to gym and landing on my head. So I think that was kind of the red flag of like I needed to make a decision. And so after I quit gymnastics, um, I tried pole vault, I tried hurdling, I tried all the events at track and at jumping. Um, and it wasn't until my going into my senior year that I tried cross country because I was just so disinterested in running for the sake of running at that point. And then I absolutely fell in love with running. Um, and I think I just, I think it was good. I think I needed to be able to fall in love with it for myself. And then I did not want to have to call it quits after high school. So I ended up running for a D3 school and, um, my first year of college in Illinois, and that was—it was such a good year for me. I, I learned so much about training, and I pushed myself, and I felt like I, I felt like I really grew in my running. Um, but then I realized I also could not continue to live in the Midwest because I'm from the Oregon coast, or not from I'm from the West Coast. And if you're from Oregon or from the Pacific Northwest, there's just something. Uh, really special and um, essential about where you're from, and the mountains and having the ocean there. So, I actually transferred to Seattle, and I started running for the team there. And um, it was a Division Two school. The women's team had just come off winning, I think, back-to-back nationals, at least one national, and it was a lot of pressure. So. Um, I had some anemia problems, iron deficient anemia. And I just felt like I wanted to enjoy college and find, you know, just find myself. So I ended up walking off the team or quitting the team. And, but I continued to run with those women. And um, I got into climbing, which was a really cool part of my life, and hiking and just really enjoying the outdoors for, like, the sake of being out there in the mountains, Um, and then I ran a half marathon with some of those cross-country girls from my school in Seattle, and I did okay, but mostly it was just, like, oh, that's the farthest I've ever ran, like, I'm never doing that again, and mostly because I just had never, I wasn't training for a half marathon, I had just been training maybe for, like, a 10k, really, and then I kind of gave myself a release from the pressure of needing to train for something for a long time. And, and then a couple of years ago in 2019, I randomly decided I wanted to train for a marathon and I gave myself just under four weeks. I'm not sure if it was um, like, I was scared I would lose my sense of like urgency for it or it would like, it would be a fleeting dream and then just like never actually go for it so I think there was something about locking myself in that I I was determined to actually run the marathon um, and it went really well surprisingly I did not get injured <laughs> and um, I think it was around three hours 30 minutes so for me I was thrilled it was great and then I did a half marathon right after that that allowed me to PR and I was really excited about it and then That kind of led me into the world of ultras. There's
1: a a lot there. Um,
0: (laughs) Okay, so hold on. Let's go
1: back. How old were you when you ran this marathon at 330? Uh, I was 26. Wow, okay. So that obviously is a time that people train for a long time to get. Um, It also seems to be, this is... random. Thought, But a lot of people that I interviewed that are naturally so good at running, for some reason, that seems to be like the time that they get first. I don't know why I'm saying that, but it's That's interesting. So and then they train a bit and it's like sub three is kind of like a possibility or something like that. So I guess what I'm thinking is it's interesting that you ran that fast and you were like ultra running could be cool instead of having the thought, like, <laughs> whoa, I could be so fast. Um, do you do road races anymore? And are, is there any part of it that like made you want to see how fast you could actually run a marathon?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. It is so funny that um like, some of us are so quick to turn to like, what's the next thing? Um, I definitely mm-hmm. would like to go back, especially I, I'm interested in someday seeing if I could get my half marathon time down a little bit and yeah, I think I would like to pursue that in the future. Because there's something about trail running that just doesn't, it yeah, it doesn't stimulate that speed, like goal for me as much as road running does. So I think that someday that would be cool. Yeah,
1: totally. But then I also love in your bio too. You were like, you listened to the podcast and realized yes. that you wanted to run trails. And it is, yes. if you want to run for the joy long term, then like it also seems to fit better with trails.
0: Yeah, and as I mentioned to you uh, earlier. Just like hearing you and Tori talk about all of all things trail running, it was so uh, well, accessible, it seemed so accessible in a way that never did before, and so it just was so cool. I think this podcast is just doing incredible things for people and giving them like a helping hand to get started.
1: Well, thank you, that's so cool that that's like was the goal of the podcast and that it actually happened,
0: yeah, especially.
1: If you look, and this is like, I'm going to twist this to make it uh, sound even better, but the next part of your bio is like, you joined the Portland Trail Sisters weekly run groups and then ran your first 50k and then because races were cancelled, you did a circumnavigation of Mount Hood uh, solo and self-supported. So I would like to think if there's any part that we played in like giving you the confidence to A, reach out to a group, B, take on a 50 or C, like do such an amazing thing. Obviously this is hugely like your personality because those are such huge things to do. Um, But, or even just opened your eyes to having the opportunity to do that type of thing. Like those are some amazing things and you would have been pretty young to do them. Um, Talk to us about all of those things and joining the group and running your first 50 and and all of that stuff.
0: Yeah. So again, it, it does take guts to reach out to a group and I think there's never a story of someone who felt like, who didn't feel that sense of you want to be accepted, you, maybe, maybe imposter syndrome. I definitely, I still feel like I have imposter syndrome for a anyone, which is crazy. But, um, reaching out to them, they were so, um, inclusive. I actually was one of the younger women for a super long time. And I think, um, but they were just so awesome because trail running includes everyone. Even if you are younger or older, like, you still belong, which is so cool. Um, and then, yeah, I had t- signed up for a 50-miler at Tahoe the year that COVID happened. And so then I, I just realized, like, this is not going to happen. So do I just, like, let it go for a year or do I make it happen myself? And I had – I think I'd heard about – a couple other women that had run Timberline. It's called Timberline Trail. Goes around Mount Hood, and so I just kind of uh, stalked people on Strava, looked at their times, look at looked at their like um, the elevation, the splits, and just tried to like <laughs> kind of study what these other women had done. Oh, I, this is right. I I just remembered. I was hiking on the trail, and there were two women that ran past me, and I. Got their information, and then that's when I ended up just kind of looking at their Strava and trying to see if I could do it myself. And so, about a month after I saw them run by me, I I scheduled a day, and I my husband dropped me off in the morning, and my parents picked me up at the end of the day with a giant burrito. I feel like that's something that's really important to me. I need a giant burrito (laughs) at the end.
1: Um, I can respect that.
0: <laughs> I think about it's so sad. I think about my post-run food for at least like the last two hours of everything I do. But no, that's yeah.
1: that's normal, and that's like <laughs> I keep that as something that I'm going to think about to get through the last ten miles or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> you can even preemptively know that's what you're going to think about.
0: It's so important. It helps my body. It's yeah. Funny. Yeah, and so after I did Timberline Trail, I felt like that huge sense of accomplishment. Mostly, just I think I needed to do it by myself because I had a lot of lows and a lot of highs, and I don't I don't think that there was anyone I was ready to run with that would have <laughs> would have been a good match for how intense my highs and lows were. And um, I, I learned a lot. I was I think a big thing was I made sure I finished in the daylight, and um, so. I only stopped to filter water and nothing else. I just, my mantra was keep moving, keep moving. So when I finished, I, there was a huge sense of accomplishment. And, um, and then, yeah, it was like, what's next? What's the next thing?
1: Before we move on, I just think that's super interesting. Being thinking like I couldn't find a partner because of my highs and lows or so you would like think at this point what happens do you think that makes you feel like you need to be totally alone? Like specifically the lows.
0: Uh, For me, I get, I get irritable and I I just don't think I'm fun to be around, but then I also have, I have to like, let myself like feel all those things intensely before I can bounce back up. Otherwise I feel like I'm not like free to move on. And so there was one part on that trail where I, I passed a turn and I, I got off route for about, I think I added a mile maybe. And I was so pissed. And I, and for like the next hour, I just like beat myself up about it and couldn't let it go. And I just, I know that having someone else with me would have, you know, someone would have been like, snap out of it. Let's stop thinking about it. And so by myself, I felt like, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I was just like, in theory, like, I don't want to have to, like, hide how I feel or, like, pretend like I'm not upset when I am. And I think at that time, I just didn't have running buddies that, like, knew me that well. So now I definitely have some friends that they've, they've seen mellows. But at the time, I felt pretty just, uh, I was trying to figure out who I was in the running community, I guess.
1: Yeah, I can totally relate to that. That's part of the reason I wanted to ask. I just I I've had that fear even like in small group runs
0: um that's interesting yeah
1: yeah like I think it's probably pretty common and what it, it might hold people back from doing things with other people and I guess it's just like for you too this was pretty early on in your running career and you might find a time where suddenly you're not so worried about it or someone is willing to like just be quiet while you're irritable and like yeah. work through that. Right. Like you get to where you can trust that someone can just see you at your shittiest and it doesn't yeah. matter.
0: Yeah. Trust is it. That's, that's the word for it because um, I know I've also been, now I've been on the other end where someone is having a low and like knowing I don't need to say anything. I just need to be there and be there when they're ready to move on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And everybody is so different. And I think that's kind of part of the cool part about the trail running community too. It's like road racing. If you're having low, someone's going to be like, see ya. But (laughs) in trail running, it is kind of different and it's different. It's almost then becomes like a different experience in a way. So there's just so many like doors you can go through. But anyways, again, another interesting Monday morning tangent. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you do that. Obviously you're like, have a knack for running any distance that you want. Elevation doesn't seem to bother you. Super tough um, and brave. So you run your first 50 miler in June. You get fourth place women overall, which is outstanding. Uh, what race was that?
0: It's called Why East Wonder, and it's on the east side of Mount Hood. Oh, cool. I'd love to get
1: down there and run. And it's funny because I went to school in Minnesota as well, so I completely understood when you were like when you're from the west coast and you go to the midwest you're like um <laughs> yeah this
0: and and no offense if like the people that are from the midwest they love it and it, it it's beautiful to them and i respect that
1: oh 100% and i feel like if they came out here they'd be like what is this like you're raining <laughs> 80% of the time how can <laughs> you like it here so it's yeah it's totally just what you're comfortable with but it um it's definitely a thing yeah you i think are an outdoorsy person as well so you're somewhat attached to the type of weather and stuff that you have but
0: you know. yeah
1: um okay so where I'm just trying to think for COVID purposes where we are in timeline here so yeah it's June 2021 so we're well into it uh, over a year and you have already signed up for your first 100 miler that was going to be in August August 28th mm-hmm. was this Cascade Crest
0: it was called Oregon Cascades 100, and it's the very first year that they had the race. so It's a new one.
1: Oh, that also sounds beautiful. I'm just going to come to you for all the reasons. <laughs> <I> should
0: do. <laughs> We've got some really good racing directors in Oregon. Just, they're incredible. Um, usually, like, there's two different companies that are run by couples, and they're just powerhouses. They're incredible. Oh, that's so fun.
1: Okay, so you have done this 50-miler as... A race, but also was training run. 100 miles still is kind of a different beast. Talk us through a bit about, um, before we get into it, how were you feeling mentally and physically going into this? Did you have a coach? Were you thinking, like, you'll just learn from the experience? Or how was it all going um, leading up to the race?
0: Um, yeah, so after the 50, I did not have a coach, um, but I felt pretty confident knowing how to train for the 50, just because I could do 50Ks and I could do those as my longer runs leading up to it. Um, but going into the 100, looking back, I could have definitely benefited from a coach because um, it got pretty inconsistent. I mean, I would do, I would put in the mileage, but um, I listened to my body a ton. And I think there's pros and cons because some of the cons would be when my body is saying, oh, I don't feel like running, it'll be okay. And then that, a week goes by, like, that's pretty dangerous if you're training. But um, I feel for the most part, there was just so many things that came from listening to my body and I, I didn't have an injury or anything. Um, but I, I'm vaccinated and I, I was pretty confident, like, um, well, Oregon, so Oregon had a month where we didn't wear masks, not even a month, it was like three weeks. Uh, well, it was a little longer. Okay, I digress. And so I, I just felt like everyone felt like the vaccine's out, COVID's not as uh, threatening right now. And so going into this race, I I didn't even, I wasn't thinking about it. And as much as I listened to my body, I didn't understand what, that I had been exposed, um, that what was I was about to do was going to break me. Um, So I... During the race, um, I just – is it okay if I start talking about the race now? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, the first 30 miles went fine. And I, would, I was doing – I think I was in fourth place for women. I felt like myself up until about mile 30. And then um, something – everything about my body started to just – fail me like uh eating was hard at the, even that early on um muscle aches joint pain and none of this I had experienced during the 50 miler, so I thought it did seem very off um so I made it to the first aid station where my parents were and my they have my giant white fluffy dog uh she they bring her to all my races and she um or my running efforts and she's this massive great Pyrenees and so I, every time I get to an aid station I can see where my parents are you just look for the giant white dog and um I got there and I just I told my parents like I would love to drop I I really feel like something's off I want to quit and my I had given my parents a script like that I have given them like things to say to me under certain circumstances like um so my mom knows if I ever say I want to drop she has like this Like, certain things she tells me that I've told her to tell me. And they're awesome. I love my parents. Um, And so they got me back on the trail. And then the next time I saw them was mile, I think, 42 or 43. And then I was already, like, my stomach was upset. I couldn't really get food down. Um, But they got me on the trail once again after, like, an hour of me sitting there. Uh, And then I reached – I'm getting the numbers mixed up, but a third time I saw them, and my husband came, and they were, like – I think they were expecting me to bounce back from whatever was hitting me, like maybe I I was going to be able to get food down again, or I just needed to get out of the low and reach a high. Um, But I – I had taken Tylenol. I I was not able to eat anything. And so then the Tylenol was turned out to, I think, be a mistake. And I really had all these things that I could point to, like, well, it's this, this thing's gone wrong. Or, um, I, I was convinced, like, I could turn it into like an equation of like, I just need to drink these electrolytes and then I'll snap out of it. Um, but everything I did to try to get my body going again, failed. So by the time that I was on my last leg, I, I, kind of made a decision with my family. I'm just going to reach 56 miles because that's longer than I've run before. And that will feel like an accomplishment. And then I'm going to drop. And I think my parents were both like, she's not going to drop. Like She's not going to. And that last stretch where I I had to run six or seven miles to um, finish out that section. Um, was really scary because I ended up having several episodes of... I I felt like I was going to black out. I couldn't get anything down, not even electrolytes. Um, And then by the time... I just remember praying, like, God, just get me to the aid station. And by the time I got there and dropped, like, uh, I don't think I could have kept running at, like, even with the most determination I've ever had. I don't think I could have kept going. And then I got in the car and within minutes, um, I fainted and was vomiting and I vomited through the night and which was actually, okay. It's very scary. I don't know if anyone's experienced like a 12 hour vomiting after a race because you're already calorie depleted and fluid depleted and then to not be able to get anything down. It's pretty scary. Um, So uh, at that point, I still didn't know I had COVID. And so up into that point, it just felt like, wow, I failed. <laughs> I, I set out to do the 100 and I couldn't do it. Um, yeah. So that was my like race experience. And then the following couple weeks I held something different.
1: Well, I want to talk more a bit about this. I just have a few questions. Did you have, like this feels like it's hard to mask because the symptoms you are talking about sound like, it's just not my day. Yeah. Just can't get food in. Um, and I might bounce back from this. Was there, there was no point where you were like coughing or having trouble breathing or?
0: No, because those symptoms came in a few days. Right. Okay.
1: So this was just your body starting to like have the virus.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The timing was
1: epic to put your body at like, yes, absolute end.
0: Right in that, that period of time where you're supposed to be, you know, tanking all the zinc and, and yeah. like, resting. And, you know, I, I I look back all the time and think, like, if I hadn't done the race that day, like, would I have all of the complications I have now? Probably not. Yeah, but and, it's so,
1: I mean, you can't. Yeah. You know, like, you just, it's just the worst, unluckiest timing. And that's kind of the risk we take any time running these races is, like. I get weird sicknesses after them because your body is absolutely depleted and it's just part of it, but you got to live. So yeah. you can't look back with regrets.
0: Yeah, um, you're right. You but back. yeah. Um,
1: and the other thing, like I have gone into races that I trained for for a long time where the pressure seems higher or if it's one like this, where it's like your family's going to be there and you just feel like you so badly want to do it that you can't tell if you're anxious or sick going into it too. Like there's so much psychosomatic stuff that goes on Mm. as well as like a taper tantrum that it's like, it's impossible to know unless you were like throwing up before the race. Um,
0: Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Like it's so tricky. Yeah. You can't isolate what you're feeling.
1: So when you were like, okay, I got to stop. Do you remember what you felt like in that moment?
0: Yeah, just uh, kind of a lack of, uh, not lack of control of my body, but just feeling like I could barely move my limbs, and the only reason I could get them to do a running stride would be just maybe muscle memory, but just feeling like body aches, really, what it, well, it comes down to like body aches, but I didn't know that. Right. I, thought, right. I thought I was just sore or whatever.
1: So interesting, especially if you hadn't done that distance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: then the stuff you're putting in your body, the sugars and all that stuff is going to add to the fact that you're not feeling good when you stop running, too.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: God. Oh, I'm so sorry you had that experience. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the few weeks after and when you s- decided maybe I should look in and see if this is COVID.
0: Yeah. So uh, within a few days, my husband and I were like, we should probably test because we both feel like crap. Because I, I had my my vomiting had resolved within like twelve hours, so I was able to eat stuff, thankfully. And um, but just like the intense headaches and fatigue was so bad. So we tested and home tests; they were positive. And I remember feeling so defeated because at the time, this was so. This was when Delta started sweeping through the West Coast, and up until that point, where Delta was. The, like the dominant variant the vaccine was pretty effective and um so I think part of this I haven't really talked much about this um to a lot of people I know but I think there's a lot of shame because I was vaccinated and I got super sick that I felt like I didn't want people to like think like all oh, the vaccine doesn't work because that's not like when I, I'll explain like how sick I got but like I didn't go to the hospital and I th- I'm pretty sure like I have this hunch that if I wasn't vaccinated I would have had to go to the hospital um but I ended up getting it in my lungs and uh, so f- for contrast my husband who's also vaccinated did not get it in his lungs and but I was pretty sick for two weeks and with with viral pneumonia and I'm, I'm really thankful it it, it resolved um at home, but I did not have to go to the hospital, like, which, which I just, like, it's so hard, because I know for some people, it, it doesn't resolve that easy, and, um, after I was feeling, like, back to, like, I wasn't feeling ill anymore, and um, I did take, like, three weeks off running, and I, uh, I tried, like, doing, like, really slow jogging about a month after I started feeling better, and I just, I had asthma attacks with it. So like, or like wheezing. Um, And I remember thinking like, this is normal. Like I had, my lungs were infected. Like it's normal that I'm still feeling like I can't breathe when I run. Um, But also uh, like in the weeks after I had COVID, I had severe anxiety. And I've never struggled specifically with anxiety before, like attacks, anxiety attacks. And it was like significant. Um I thought it was my job. I thought that my job was too stressful and that that was the source of it. And um and looking back, that's completely tied to long COVID. Um and then I brain fog, like that's a symptom of it. And I I, for me I'm a teacher, I'm a high school teacher and so coming up with words that I having words not come to mind, for example, would be like an example of that Um, and just overall like uh, just kind of a feeling off is the best way I can put it and so um, I actually started running again nothing crazy just maybe like 20 miles a week Um, and it ended up backfiring um, because a few months well actually a month and a half ago I went to get my lungs x-rayed, and they're like, "We don't see anything. Your lungs look great." And um, so then I, they told me about this clinic called a Long Haulers Clinic, and Long Hauler is just referring to COVID patients that have had COVID in the past, and then they feel like they're still not back to normal. And then um, the doctor there was fantastic and just educated me on what was happening to my body, and um, she did diagnose me with long COVID because. Uh, overall, like long COVID is just your, it's your autonomic nervous system being dysregulated. And like, just to, I know that's kind of a a mouthful. So autonomic nervous system has all of your fight or flight, all of your involuntary things like breathing, um, heart rate, digestion. Um, So it comes with a lot of things that make you feel off. And um, so I think I, I I just I had so much relief hearing that because it explained a lot of things. Like why am I why was there all that anxiety, which is tied to your body feeling um dysregulated airflow and then it triggers anxiety as like a survival mechanism, which is crazy. Um but then with like the relief of like, oh I'm not crazy. I knew there was something wrong, um, also came a lot of like despair like uh is this like my life now and yeah
1: that a feeling of despair that you talk about I feel like that's kind of like such a hard feeling to ignore with the way the world is right now too and when you're tired it becomes even more impossible to deal with it and then feeling like it's taking away your like coping mechanism it's such a triple whammy of like how difficult this must have been slash still is so when you I mean I guess it's such a new thing too when you go to this clinic did they talk about how to recover or when you'll recover or what is like the actual recovery period look like what can you do
0: um so I started going to PT or physical therapy for my breathing um and that's gonna last about eight weeks I believe um and so when I was talking with him, so this PT is, like, uh, the leading long COVID, uh, like, I guess, practitioner um, for, like, my area. And he told so something that I found discouraging was I'm the first vaccinated patient he's worked with for long COVID. So it's just not normal um, or not as common. But he said there's not – just, like, with my background of being – Um, In good shape and stuff. I think he's more helpful for me, but there's not a lot of conclusive research about it, so I think a lot of it is unknown. And, um, but our bodies are super resilient, and so like it it was communicated to me that I will bounce back eventually. But for running, I've been since we even emailed um, a while ago. I've been reduced down to running for less than thirty minutes twice a week, just to give my my nervous system a, like a, a break from my current threshold. So um, there's not a lot of conclusive answers for that question, I guess.
1: Yeah. That's probably part of the fear that goes along with it, right?
0: Yeah. So
1: what did your family and your husband and everybody, like what were their thoughts on all of this watching you go through it?
0: Um, I know – Uh, for my husband, it was really difficult because I didn't know what was going on those first few months with the anxiety and um, the fatigue and feeling not like myself. And he didn't know what what was going on. So I think even for him, it was relieving to know like, oh, there is something because when I went to uh, the doctor to get my lungs x-rayed previously, I I felt a little bit crazy. Like, um, maybe like it was sort sort of psychosomatic or, Mental health related, um, but it's so funny. Like mental health always is I'm often tied to our physical health. So, um, and my parents, I think for them, they're used to me bouncing back in life, um, and so I think maybe my my dad is always so quick to like remind me, like you've gotten through these things, and I know you'll get through this, and and um, so I have people like they're definitely like them and my friends are like have been so supportive also in just knowing like there's a grieving process. of, I not, even if I don't get to run for like six months, I still some, something like that's precious to me and I have to grieve it, you know? So I think just having people surround me that have total compassion for that. And cause it kind of sounds silly to someone that doesn't run. It's like, well, you can find other ways to exercise. You'll be okay. But for like people that are like, this is our This is how we navigate our our lives emotionally, at least for me it is. Like it's a big deal. Like I I feel like I've lost the ability to vent my emotions the way I'm used to, you know.
1: Totally. Yeah. It's it's hard to explain. Well, it's impossible to explain. And you can do other things, but still if you then start to like do them for the same cardio thing, like hard cycling or something, you're still gonna end up feeling not great because that's still like a lung workout so it's it's confusing yeah how do you feel now like what is the day-to-day like you mentioned you were tired this morning is it always like you get a bad sleep or how are you feeling
0: um so really I guess to put it specifically with like what I struggle with it's deep breathing so anything that's like shallow not like not diaphragm breathing like is usually fine But it's when I try to do like breathing exercises for mental health or yoga or anything that gets my heart rate up um, where I I need to catch my breath, that's when I have issues and it'll just cause this really lightheaded feeling and it takes about 20 minutes or so to resolve. So I feel like if I'm just resting, I honestly don't feel that much different. Um, But I do feel fatigue like pretty often and... So, yeah, I didn't sleep a lot last night, which has nothing to do with getting up early. I just um, – I think I, I've been finding my sleep is a little worse um, than I remember it being. And also just how anxiety hasn't been a- affecting everything. It's so – for people that struggle with that chronically, I just have so much empathy for now that I, I didn't have before. Um, I just didn't understand. Right. Totally. Um, I
1: understand that.
0: So, in a way, like, that's a something that – is a good takeaway. Um, yeah, so I, I think I can I can do simple tasks and be fine or um, walk my dog at a nice pace, like a really easy pace and be okay. It's just when I try to do efforts that I used to be able to do, it, it just feels like I'm not the same person. Do you think that you're improving at all? I, I think... Um, I, th- I wonder, and I'm going to talk to my physical therapist about this, it almost feels like it's has to get a little bit worse before it can get better because as I do these breathing exercises to help uh, reha- like rehabilitate everything, it tends to wipe me out. So I'm not sure if that is normal or not. So I mean, I'm going to continue to kind of consult with him about it. But I think I felt like it was getting better um, in like maybe a couple months after I had COVID and then it seemed like all these really weird uh, issues started to pile up, even though some of them came right away. The, the deep breathing, like it's almost like if I had left it alone, I probably could have kept jogging. But then as I tried to do deep breathing, it tended to throw me into these episodes of lightheaded feeling like I'm going to fall over. So I have so many questions myself. I apologize if it sounds not uh, cohesive. Um, So I don't really feel like I'm getting better at this moment, but I know that I'm on like a path that's going to help me get there. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Like you've got to do the work first so that it totally makes sense. And that's a nice thing to remind yourself when you're feeling discouraged.
0: Yeah, Um, totally. Because like when you're used to
1: being so fit as well, part of the like lack of working out is going to like fuck with you.
0: Yeah. And I think that was something that I've, like just my husband pointed out to me of like how absurd it is that for me feeling like I can't do anything is still able to run a 5k and like yeah. for some people that's like their goal for like a, like years. And so I think it it's humbling and also like a good reminder of like it's a gift to be able to run a 5k and like, and I, I'm not saying I'm racing that, but just to run a nice couple miles, like that's a gift. so.
1: It totally is. I had a girl, Lizzie on, who has a rare heart disease that she found out. Do you remember her?
0: Uh Uh-huh, I do, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, like, she's got to be careful forever, or it's like, she could just drop dead. So you think about, like, what it could actually be, and it's... Yeah. Also, too, like, especially with trail running, and I know, again, this is, like, doesn't help in the moment, but there's literally more than, like, double the life you've already lived of time to run and do these epic races and a lot of people who do super well in them are like mid-30s because it takes a long time to like build up to those races um and really get a good like feel on them so if for some reason it takes a year that's a super huge bummer but there's still so much time to like run and explore
0: yeah that's a good point there's something about being 29 that makes you feel like you're on the precipice but like that's so it's so silly
1: (laughs) yeah no I get it I'm almost 36 and my when my husband turned 40 two years ago I was like oh my god it's over (laughs) I was only like not even 35
0: but just so silly like I feel like like statistics tell us people in their 30s and 40s like that's where life happens and that's when like you have like the best times of your life so uh, things are looking up I know
1: <laughs> totally yeah I, I had all these same feelings when I was pregnant and I was like this is it like I just gave up like, a year and a half of my life and I'm never getting it back and now it's over it's so funny."
0: yeah it's hilarious but I I am encouraged by that because that's such a good point point. and and Lizzie's episode I'll never forget like I remember like where I was listening to it and just um how it was it was encouraging but like just so inspiring I I say encouraging because her outlook on life if she can go through that and have her attitude like we can all have a better attitude about everything so I was very inspired
1: yeah exactly um and there's yeah I just think given the amount of people as well that have gone through this the research is just beginning so there's also so many opportunities for um ways to feel better and things to improve and and I like I feel like though it's unknown the outlook probably still is pretty good Mm -hmm. um yeah does your husband run what was that does your husband
0: run oh he does not he supports me uh but he's not a runner (laughs) no I laugh
1: that's probably good because I think the hardest part is like you feel Terrible, and your husband's just like quietly lacing up their shoes,
0: like see ya. and you're like ah. Oh. It, it is. I, I do. I laugh about it because yes, he he thinks it's absurd to do ultras, and but he totally supports me in it. But like yeah, he helps me bring me back down to earth. And like you're saying, like it's it does sound crazy to be like ah, oh, I can't run fifty miles for another year.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's your biggest problem. Like that's
0: pretty good, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to answer this if it makes you sad, but provided everything clears up over the next little while, what are your goals with running?
0: Well, I did sign up for one race in 2022, and that's the Why East Wonder, the 50 miler I did, but it's the 50k version because I thought like it was me trying to give myself hope. That's in June. It's a 50k. And, and maybe it, it won't work out, but if it does, like that would be super special to have that be the first thing I come back to, oh. on like that um beautiful like race. And then I do want to finish. Like, I would like to finish the exact hundred miler that I started. And I, I don't think it necessarily needs to be this year, but I would love that feeling of redemption, if if possible.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I can I can hundred percent understand that and it sounds like a beautiful course and it would just be fun to see it with totally different mindset
0: yeah different mindset because so we
1: know that your post-race meal is a burrito
0: yes <laughs> so we're gonna
1: go back to like old school season one last question if you could describe trail running in three words what would they be
0: oh i haven't thought about this question in so long okay. i know what
1: is a good one i love this question
0: <sighs> okay you'll have to edit out all the silence <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, journey. Yeah, that's a good one. Um. Resilience. And let's see. I I, I want to say joy. I know those are all used before, but joy is like, it's up there for me for traveling.
1: No, the, I don't know that resilience has been, to be honest. Maybe it has.
0: You're gonna get an email from someone like, oh, yeah, yes, like, like, <laughs> like, resilience.
1: Um, um, but those are good. I don't. They haven't been used together, and I think, yeah, like I, mine would be very similar. I think, and it's partly like the
0: resilience is what gives the joy, I guess. Yeah. In a weird way, but. And it's all the journey.
1: Well. I think like equally as how like Lizzie touched you, this is going to help a lot of people because you're definitely not the only one. And I've seen like in some of those running groups and stuff, people post things like this asking for stories of other people. And I think um, this will inspire other people and probably help them through it. And Mm. I hope that things start to improve, but keep in touch. And I would love to like chat again, even if it was like a 15 minute update or something in the summer on how you're doing and um, definitely reach out on instagram if you are able to run again and and let me know how things go
0: all right that sounds good and thanks again like for everything you're doing because just getting to listen to these these episodes is like it's really helpful in this time and keeps my my excitement up about running even if i can't do it myself you know
1: Yeah, no, well that's awesome again. that keeps my excitement up about doing podcasts. <laughs> and tori and i are trying to get together again our schedules have been so bananas lately so i've promise everybody that's coming soon yes
0: soon-ish. um we love that yes it's the best yeah
1: she's a, she's a ride there's so many things to catch up on now i don't even know we would need like eight hours but we'll <laughs> if our listeners want to find more of you do you have an instagram or anything like that
0: yeah so it's at sophie styles it's styles with an i not a y yeah
1: perfect well maybe somebody else will reach out with similar stories so well I'll yeah to i'd love instagram that Twitter. yeah all right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and I sincerely hope everything starts to improve for you super soon and that 2022 is better for all of us.
0: Really? Yeah. Cheers. Thank that. you. Thanks, Hilary. Bye. Bye.